0: Welcome to Just Flex It. I'm joined today by my good friend, JJ Cregan, who is currently the SVP of Operations at Orange Theory and formerly the Chief Operating Officer of UFIT Health Clubs. And we're live from the penthouse at the Arlo in Midtown, New York. JJ, it's great to have you here today. Great to be here, Austin. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I, i've gone on record before as citing jj as one of the most innovative people in the fitness industry uh, so looking forward to today's discussion before we get into it jj why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and your um, your path in fitness you have a pretty unique story having you know started and and, and climbed all the way up that i'm really excited for people to hear
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll do my best to not disappoint on that intro you gave me. I appreciate the support. I think uh, in April, I'm coming up on 21 or 22 years in the industry. I sold my first um, gym membership at one of the original Planet Fitnesses in South Florida when I was 14 years old. I ultimately got into fitness when I was 11 or 12 and I was diagnosed with scoliosis. And uh, through a doctor's appointment, right, they tell me i got to have the metal bars put in my back to straighten out my, so- my spine. And that frightened, you know, 11 or 12-year-old JJ. I was not down with that idea. Um, so I guess my problem-solving skills came out at a young age, and, and that's how I got into fitness. Uh, I thought to myself, how can I straighten out my spine? And so I asked for a weight bench and, and dumbbells for my birthday that year. And I said to myself that if my spine curves to the right, Um, how about I do, you know, 20 rows with a 20 pound dumbbell on my right side, and I'll just do 10 on my left side and the muscles would straighten out my spine. And how Um, how, how old were you?
0: How old were you at this point? I was 11
1: or 12. Yeah, I was in middle school. Unbelievable. And, and, uh, um. Clearly, it was flawed science. I'm not a trainer. I don't know the, the science of fitness isn't my area of expertise. But through that, I fell in love with fitness. I'm not necessarily a, a traditional athlete. I'm not really good at any team sports. But I fell in love with fitness from that perspective. And ultimately, one day, while working my part-time high school job, you know, a general manager and a, a salesperson from a local Planet fitness came into the restaurant and, and tried selling me a gym membership. I flipped that into a job. Um, and so I had a unique opportunity to start working for, um, you know, one of the original operators of the Planet Fitness brands, um, I helped him scale his clubs, um, to, from three to 10, which then gave me the opportunity. We uh, created the first fast follower, um, to Planet Fitness with UFit Health Clubs and, and one of the early entrants into the HVLP segment with UFit Health Clubs. We opened our first location in 2008. And so I helped Rick and the family that owned that brand grow it and really created and launched it from location one. Um, and over the course of eight years, we grew it to over a hundred locations. Um, and I was with the team as chief operating officer until 2019, over hundred locations, about 3,500 employees throughout the U.S. Um, I left uh, UFIT in 2019, just before the pandemic and I've been with Orange Theory for about two years now. And it's been great to work on the boutique, you know, high touch segment of the industry to really driving results into our members' lives
0: there. So let's, let's take a step back here uh, because you've had such awesome experiences over the course of your career in fitness. And, and uh, I'll say it for you, but you're, you're really just getting started long way to go still. Um, so the work that you all did at, at UFit to go from just a couple clubs to over a hundred clubs is really, really incredible. It's something that most club chains never achieve. And to have gone from, the, the ground up to running thousands of employees and these successful units and really dominating the Southeast and a bit of the Southwest is, is just amazing. So can you talk a little bit about what that was like, uh, you know, going from just a couple units to o- over three figures of units? Yeah, it was overwhelming at times. That's the, <laughs> the first thing to say. I think, um, you know, I didn't
1: have the the luxury of being someone who had done that before. And being frank, Up until we had gotten private equity investment we didn't have any advisors or any of the partners who had really done that before in this industry or in others Um, rick who was the founder of ufit health clubs now ufit gyms was a cop before he got into the business and was a passion project and the first thing i would say is just which is so true for many other brands in the industry is that the relentless commitment and that passion for the industry And I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, just my personal experience and how I love fitness and the opportunity we provide, that's that motivation. I think the second thing is I was fortunate to early on recruit some of the best, you know, club level talent that was able to scale with the business. Um, And so I think it's one of those things where you always want to over hire, particularly when you're a startup or a smaller business, aspiring to grow because I wanna hire a regional manager and make him the general manager of my first location. So that way, when I have 10 locations, he's ready for that opportunity. Um, and so the first thing we did was we really focused on, um, you know, not only just the brand, but the people and the culture. And I think as I look back at my time there, um, I'm really proud of the culture we had during my tenure and um, the relationships and, and really the retention of a lot of our, our management, our leadership. And, and I think that's where I spent a lot of my time. I think the other thing that HVLP, um, the HVLP segment of the industry did, and we did really well at UFIT, was just simplifying the business, right? We don't need to complicate it for our employees. We don't need to complicate it for the members, right? Like let's give a great product in an environment that you feel comfortable and let's remove all the red tape, right? And let's overcome, um, which Planet Fitness has done in a great way. like some of the barriers and stereotypes, stereotypes of what a gym is and let's make it approachable. And so we mirrored um, Planet Fitness' approach with that at UFIT and created a great environment for members. And I think for me, as I scaled and, and the business grew, you know, I'd wake up tomorrow and I'd be facing a problem that I never experienced before. Like, how could I? At the time, I was in my 20s um, and it was my first time running a 20 location chain. Um, so you gotta have friends. You gotta have names and numbers in your iPhone. Or in today's world, just ask Siri to give someone a call that you can reach out to. And so for me, I I'm, I continue to be committed to like the never-ending pursuit of learning, um, and leveraging Google because when I have a problem, I want to Google the solution. and, and I think in the world of someone who's you know, not a, not a di- data scientist, but I knew we needed to leverage our data in a specific way. You start reading articles and, and you leverage, you know, Harvard Business Review and what books can you buy and who can you ask and how can you build relationships? And ironically, um, Dave Carney, who's the president of Orange Theory, was one of those people that I reached out to while I was at UFID in hopes of learning and picking his brain on solving problems that I had Um, and ultimately that led to the relationship and the friendship, which probably led to me being on the team here. And so I think always seeking advisors and advice, whether it's something you're doing independently, um, or with others is really huge and important.
0: And and just one more thing on the point of scaling, you know, going from 20 to to 60 to 80 to over a hundred, right. Each step of the way you were doing something new. I think one of the things that, um, in a, in a startup high growth environment that people most and best learn is how to figure things out. And I think this is what you were trying to say, how to figure things out that you haven't been through before, right? That just becomes a skill and being comfortable in, in that un- uncomfortable situation. What were some of the, the struggles or the harder moments during that scaling process as you were hiring and, and quickly and promoting people and just, just trying to figure out how to get to the next phase as quickly as you could? I think when things are good, things are good.
1: Right, And you think every decision you're making is the right decision. You feel really confident and really comfortable with where you're at. And then all of a sudden, something's wrong. And the plan, the vision, the strategy that you had gets thrown out the window. And I think for me, um, that time was probably Q1 2016, I think. It was 2016 or 2015. Um, And, you know, I I would say that I'm dangerous with marketing. I would say that I'm better with traditional marketing than the digital marketing world because it evolves and adapts so quickly and I haven't lived it. Um, And at that time, we went into Q1, had a strong and healthy marketing budget. Um, And what do you do in the fitness industry? You put 70% of that in the first three months of the year, because if you win in Q1, you win in the year and had a very heavy traditional Strategy that myself and you know the team had uh, selected, and it did not work. Like it was very clear as like January fifteenth, like this plan is not working. But so many millions of dollars are already committed to this. Um, What do you do? And um, obviously, the world forced us to pivot to a digital marketing company and to adapt to that world and. We had to look at employees that were strong and traditional and great at buying radio ads and find someone that was great at doing Facebook or social media ads. And so I think necessity provides a lot of growth, right? Like I said, when everything's good, it's good. And you feel great about every decision you made. And so moments when things don't go according to plan that I think really show the strength of a team and how quickly you can learn and pivot. And um, that led to a digital transformation for UFit, just like many other companies at the time, and you know transformed how we hired people and the work that they did, and you know eventually led us to bring on Salesforce as a CRM system and really managing um, our sales funnel in a new way. And I think the the alignment of both marketing. Operations and sales from the corporate office to the location, or in my world today, the studio, like that necessity created that bond to optimize and adjust your strategy on a daily or weekly basis, which was super powerful. And I'm really impressed with what we did as a team during that time.
0: So, you guys were stronger for the the difficult times that you went through. Yeah, I, I think
1: for all of us, we learned something we didn't know, right? It's not like we said, Thankfully, to the board and the ownership team, they weren't like, JJ, you sucked in January 2016. You're fired, right? Thankfully, we were given the opportunity to recover from our mistakes
0: and rebound from it. Okay. So we fast forward a bit now. So you reached out to Dave Carney. You reached out cold? Yeah, 100%. Reached out cold. And here we are now at, at OTF. It's been a couple of years, wild ride through the pandemic. I'm super curious to get into what it's been like transitioning from the club operator side to the studio side, what that adjustment was like, where the similarities exist, and where things are super different, where the learning curve for you has been. I think that's, that's really interesting stuff to get into.
1: I think first, right, you know, I started March 2nd, 2020, 10 days before I held my first conference call on something called the coronavirus and uh, you know, 14 days before we had to shut down our corporate studios and to get the rest of the U.S. network comfortable shutting down and 18th days before I had to let go of almost 200 employees, right? And so I think my initial 30 days, just like so many others that started a job in Q1 2020 was just frightening, right? I'm a f- husband. I'm a father of young kids. and. You know, I left a, a team where I probably would have been one of the last people standing to when I'm one of the new people, last people in the door. And so um, you go through that cycle of, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? Am I safe? Um, and I think, you know, if you're lucky, you can break through that fog really quickly and look at what's important. And while, you know, at Orange Theory, we had to let go of employees just like every other business in the world did. You didn't get rid of all of your employees, right? And in my division I didn't get rid of every employee and so for me I personally doubled down in building relationships with the team that I had. You know, I was a stranger to you 10 days ago. Now we're all in this together like how can we define how we operate as a division and team within the current brand and so you know that work is still not done, right? There's still trust to be built and and those relationships need to to mature and develop over time but I think I did a good job or attempted to do a good job at like creating a bond with my team so we could move stronger, faster later when we are ready. Um, And so that was me. And and I'm really proud of what my team and I did with our corporately owned studios. And the Orange Theory brand overall, you know, 1,500 global locations, you know, some heavy franchise business. So the majority of our studios are owned and operated by entrepreneurs across the country. And so immediately we went into support and advocacy for those franchisees, right? How can we help Austin, franchisee and you know, operating the studio in the Arlo and in, in Manhattan, right? How can we support you in navigating this time? What resources can we provide you? How can we make it easier for you? And that's what a franchise is, right? Like we're supposed to take a lot of the guesswork out of it. Um, immediately we started investing in, you know, a virtual tool just like the rest of the industry. How can we service the members remotely? And what are the best practices for that? And and you know, I'm happy to say that while our Orange Tree Live product has a lot of work to do and is still very much early on in its life, it it helped keep our franchisees
0: afloat during the pandemic. And and just continuing down that thread there, so digital, you mentioned a little while ago, it's gonna play a part in the future for OTF. The at-home piece is important. How do you at OTF see the digital world existing in brick and mortar, but also existing in the home? What's that balance? What's the future of digital for OTF? Yeah, I
1: think the first is none of us know, right? And and we're, we're, you know, hopefully our days of the ebbs and flows of this are done and it's just green pastures ahead. Um, But I think at the end of the day, fitness has always been driven by convenience. Right. And clearly, with only 20 percent of the U.S. adult population being a member of a fitness center, we haven't made it convenient enough. Right. There's still hurdles to to engaging in a fitness program. Um, And so there's opportunities to make it easier, which is something that we've done at Orange Theory by making sure that every workout is prescribed and, you know, is there to deliver results but how can we make it even easier and more accessible to you? And, you know, I used to say when I was selling a gym membership, um, I probably am horrible at it today, but when I used to do this, right? Oh, how close do you live? You know, do you live or work near the gym? Right. And, oh, I I live right down the street. And I would always say like, great Austin, because you want to make sure the gym is convenient, but not too convenient. And the person in front of me would say, what do you mean not too convenient? I'm like, well, the couch is super convenient. The fridge is super convenient. And that will always win out, right? Like, um, but we want to make sure that fitness is accessible for you today. And so I think digital or at-home solutions, they will never replace 100% the in-person aspect, right? I still want a treadmill. I still want dumbbells. I still want a bench press. I still want a row. Um, and, but they make it accessible for me to be more active, more often, more frequently, Um, My wife is someone who has only worked out at home for the past five or six years, right? She's done virtual virtual, um, PT sessions with Flexit. She's done yoga at home. That is all she does. And so if if Orange Theory or any other brand wants to get after my wife, you have to have an at-home offering. Um, But there's other people that want the blend between the omni-channel experience, right? They want to go and they want to be in a class with high energy chasing after the spot points, or they want to just bench press in the corner of a gym on their own. Um, And so I think for us, we're interested in blending both worlds and meeting the member where they want to be.
0: How do you think about integrating digital more deeply into the physical fitness experience at clubs, in studios? How, How do you think about using technologies to enhance the experience while folks are within four walls.
1: I mean, I think, you know, Orange Theory has been delivering science-backed, coach-inspired and technology-tracked workouts since inception, right? A wearable has been the foundation of what Orange Theory has been doing from the beginning to be able to monitor and provide that feedback and that gamification of the workout. I think, you know, today, particularly the younger generations are chasing after that data um, themselves, right? How can I optimize what I'm doing? I mean, you're everyone you know with an Apple watch is getting some level of sleep tracking right now and I think they don't really know what to do with it, right? You still most of us still have the bad habits. and so I think the information's accessible. I think the future is to become more prescriptive, right and and how can we, in the same way that we've simplified fitness, just show up and take a class, we'll take care of the rest. I think the future is simplifying the data and you know, to simplify the path to results. Um, and so I think the wearable technology is a great step in that direction, right? Like if someone asked me if they should buy an Apple watch today, I would say, yes, it'll make sure you stand up at least every hour, right? At minimum, that's a move in the right direction. Um, and so I think just overall blending Technology and activity is key. I think there's extremes, um, right? I have a coworker that wears like four wearables every single day and is like chasing down the nuances of his data. That's not me, but some people love to chase down those little incremental tweaks in their lifestyle. Once again, 80% of the population is ne- US population has never been a member of a gym before. Can we take that wearable? data? Can we take the workout experiences that we're delivering to nudge them and keep them active, right? Starting is one thing, being consistent is the other part. And I think technology provides a great opportunity for us.
0: So what's your advice to someone who's struggling to get started? Maybe they've worked out in the past, right? They're having trouble getting back into it. They've never worked out before, but you know, what what are the two or three things that you'd counsel them with to, to try to get them going?
1: I mean, clearly, my first recommendation would be to join an Orange Theory. My second recommendation, if that doesn't work for you, would be get virtual PT sessions. Reflex it. The third recommendation would be to, you know, find a friend and join a gym, right? I think, um, I think, first, you know, we ponder so many decisions, and we have so much information available that the information delays our action sometimes, right? Like, I want to research gyms online. I want to take a free orange theory class. I want to take this boutique class. I want to try this out online. I think ultimately if we all just started something, it would increase the chances that we would stick with it. You can't stick with anything that you don't start. And so I think that would be my first recommendation is just do something and make sure you're comfortable with it. Right. During the pandemic team sports have, have come back, um, Walking has come back. I mean, heck, I bought a skateboard, which I haven't ridden a skateboard since I was like nine years old, right? To be active with my kids outside. So I think first is just do something, whether it's at Orange Theory or at home, it doesn't really matter. The second is find that accountability partner. You know, the best thing in the industry is you can, you can buy that accountability partner. They're called the personal trainer. They're a coach that's going to provide you the accountability that you need. Um, the second best is, is a friend or a family member that is in support of you in the journey. And right, you don't need to show up and have a workout program, although that would be the best thing you can do. If You show up and you just use 10 machines a day inside a gym or do, you know, a hundred pushups, you will be incrementally healthier. And I think that's contagious, right? Um, once you get started and you can feel the physical and emotional benefits and mental benefits of it, like that'll provide the momentum. You're going to fall off the wagon. But if you have someone who supports you in your journey, that can kick, kick you back on it. Like that's a win in my opinion.
0: Yeah. C- couldn't agree more. I mean, the one thing we really try to push here is the consistency Pe- people sticking with it. You know uh, you don't have to wait to the summer to get fit or, or the spring to get fit for summer. Right. You don't have to wait till January to, to, to get it and set intentions Um, but, but it's about consistency, finding a good rhythm and things having flow. JJ, a couple of fun questions here before we, before we call it for the day. So curious what your workout routine is and how your workout routine has changed over the last 20 years as you've been in the industry.
1: The biggest change in my workout routines is the amount of time I spend working out. And I probably think my, uh, currently almost six-year-old twins for that one. I don't have the time to work out for two hours anymore like I used to. Um, But I think I love strength training. I think that's where, um, you know, I gain the most benefits um, from it physically and mentally and emotionally. But, you know, I used to be a person that used to work out at night. I'd close down one of my gyms. I'd finish my shift visiting studios or locations and I'd I get a workout from seven o'clock to nine o'clock at night, um, both cardio and weightlifting. Um, I think it's actually really orange theory and the, the hip movement that in 2013, 2014 showed me that I could do a lot of work in a very condensed amount of time and get benefits. And so that really inspired my workouts and, and I learned how to use TRX, which is one of my favorite tools, thanks to orange theory. Um, but today I generally work out at home. Um, I have a squat rack and dumbbells and, air bike and a rower at home. And, and I generally build my own workout programs and I work out about 5.45 every morning. It's the only peace and quiet I get in my house is from 5.45 to 6.45. And so I generally work out for an hour um, every morning. And then I regularly take classes at Orange Theory or at gyms um, across the country as I travel or I visit studios. I do my best to visit three to six locations a week. And when I'm there, I try to jump into a class and you know whether I've already worked out for the day or not. Um, so last week, um, I was in London and I took multiple classes at our studios and I also visited a couple other boutique concept and took classes there. And so I love the group environment and the community and the energy that comes from doing a, the same workout with 10, 15, 20 other people. That energy is super contagious and is super motivating. Um, but I also love the peace that I get. With putting my headphones in and working out inside my own garage and, and fighting off mosquitoes at uh, 5
0: 45 in the morning in, in humid South Florida. Oh, that's awesome and appreciate you sharing that. JJ, before we wrap for today, anything that you want to leave everyone with? Yeah, I think first, um, for those that are
1: in the industry, I think everything that we're doing today that we feel proud of and that we're happy with, I think there's still just so much more that we can do. And I, I look at it. You know, in in my roles today is not through the member lens, but through our team member lens and our employees. And if we invest in our employees and we make them better at their jobs and and we create passion in them and we give them the skills to be successful or and really show them that they can go from being a front desk employee to a chief operating officer, you know, in their career, because those are the opportunities that I do believe really exist. I think if we deliver that to them, they will deliver to the members. And so if we consistently upskill our team and we invest in them and we create passion and trust and a culture with them inside our locations, whether it be virtually or brick and mortar, I think that is handed off to the members and they know it, they feel it. And so for me, that's something I'm super focused on. Um, and I think for those that are inside the industry, just you know, end this podcast and go do some pushups, go for uh-huh. a walk you know, join an orange theory. I think movement is key for um, our world today. And particularly with the, the stresses of the past few years, the mental, physical, and emotional benefits are real. Um, I would not have gotten through the pandemic uh, if it wasn't for my ability to have an outlet like fitness. And so I think, um, you know, take care of your team and your employees and they will take care of the members and just
0: stay healthy. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate that so much, JJ, your story so inspiring. From, uh, from, from the kid who was trying to fix his scoliosis all the way to, to COO now at Orange Theory and just getting started, looking forward to seeing what's coming next for you. Thanks for the time today. And, and hopefully we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the first season of Just Flex It. I'm Austin Cohen. And I'm Justin
1: Turetsky. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow our socials at flexit underscore fitness and keep up with us online at flexit.fit. That's flexit.fit. Thank you.